Without further ado, let's start with what are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? All right, everybody. Well, welcome back. We are no interviews today. This is just me and Ed talking about yeah. stuff. Oh God, yeah. What's happening? It's not what's like I missed on? the interview. It's not like I, like I don't like the interviews. I should say not, not that I, mean, I do miss them. They are quite fun. And we've had we've been so lucky to have like guest after guest after guest. Mm-hmm. And then last week was a bit interesting because we recorded that Dirty 20 uh thing a long time ago based on me having that overnight where i was like we have to do this and we're still working on the psa so <laughs> you know such is the life of life. an indie filmmaker with dreams aspirations but no time so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah welcome everybody um you are listening to us on soundcloud that's where we host this podcast and but it looks like from the last time i did the check podbean gets an awful lot of us so if you listen to this on podbean thank you and any other podcasting platform we're on i think all of them if i can remember correctly if there's one that you can find and you're like hi you're not on that one then i'll put us on that one but uh <laughs> thank you for very much for listening you'll see we have the new logo courtesy of eric it is yes. awesome there are actually quite a few of them that i've been playing around with um all that he's made and kind of sent us so but i hope you guys enjoy and and like it for us it was a kind of a big deal because it's new branding and uh yeah, just we're we're getting big in the world, aren't we, Ed? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because we were we were we were plotting uh, making the the logo for you as like a gift for your birthday, but mm. then like COVID happened and just everything kind of went nuts. So it's been a long time coming. Um, and uh, yeah, like I, I think he, he did a great job, and uh, you know they they look really cool. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, so that's that's just kind of new branding. They're going on. We are starting to delve into the merch world. Ed made his first Dirty 20 t-shirts and <laughs> sent them out to all of us. And I have promised previous guests of the show, including Adam. So Adam, if you do pick this podcast off on, because on, it's probably going to say Fright Fest on it, um, I will send you a t-shirt. Well, Mitch, you'll get a t-shirt. Rich and Adam, you guys will get t-shirts. Anybody who comes on the show will get a, a, a t-shirt. I haven't decided they're going to be LVP or what are you guys talking, what are you guys talking about yet? Mm-hmm. But um, Ed gave out some dirty 20 t-shirts to the guys who... Um, you know, did the the latest one shot that we well, did. That's right. You, yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell I, everybody a little bit about that, Ed? Just yeah, sure. We're on the air? Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, Jason, uh, producer, great producer that he is. He was like, hey, the Christmas one shot was a big hit. Like everyone had a good time, and you know, let's do another one. And um, I said, yeah, sure. And he said, let's let's aim for for a spring theme. Um, and, uh, and so I went ahead and I wrote a, a one shot that I'm actually quite proud of. Um, and we invited back, um, the players that, that joined us for, for the first one. Uh, yeah, mean I'm, I'm calling them, I'm calling them OG Dirty 20. Those OG are OG. Okay. Yeah. There OG, you go. original yeah, gangsters, original yeah. gangsters. Um, uh, and yeah, we had a, a, a really good time and I think, you know, uh, it's gonna, be even better than the last one in terms of how it looks when we put it together and stuff so um yeah like uh we had an absolute blast thanks again to scott jez and eric 
Yeah, thank you guys um, so much. Because it was, like I say, hella it, fun. It's always a blast, and it's always a blast. And we just love hitting that record button because then we get to share with you a little bit more. So on that horizon, the next thing being organized on the Dirty 20 space, in case you're listening and looking for something to do, I am taking... You don't have to be an actor or an actress, but I kind of like you to be new at D&D and wanting to try it, but maybe from an acting background. Because I've got the Stranger Things one shot, which I've DM'd before, and I'm going to do it just to film it and make it fun. And it's just, that's, you know, as a producer, it's my right to kind of put these things together. So if you are interested in joining that, we've had some um, actresses say that they'd be involved. I only need four people. So as soon as I get four that are willing to, like, you know, ham it up, get dressed up, whatever I ask, <laughs> then then it's on, like, Don. Kong and we'll be uh, we'll be having some fun with that. So that's kind of yeah. next on the horizon cool. for Dirty Twenty. Mm-hmm. We also have the PSA. Again, it's just my way of trying to flood the internet for a week with mm-hmm. play D and D, play D and E, play D and D. Especially yeah, you know it's I, on the rise I, right I, now. I went I went down a little rabbit hole uh, just yesterday, uh, and I sent you like a bunch of videos and stuff I, just because it, it completely it, it makes my heart warm. But this you is know. the thing we're not we're not we're not talking nonsense with this. Like we're not the only people with this message. We just think it's an important one in, in the current environment. So mm-hmm. so that's all that's that's being done on Dirty Twenty, which is moving. You know, Waitka continues the way we do it. You know, we love this podcast. We are getting mm-hmm. more guests on i believe we're nearly confirmed with sophie mensa which is an actress we work with yes. um we've worked with on shredders and other things she is considering at the moment um michael james dean is just looking for availability we're basically going to drag our friends on here guys but yeah. <laughs> all of our, our our friends are our filmmakers or or at least involved in that space and so we find the discussions with them and, and hopefully you do as well based on the listenership that's been increasing lately like as a really good way of talking about that so that is kind of leading me up to to setting the scene for what today is all about. Today, mm-hmm. we're, we're really... I'll start by talking Fright Fest Glasgow. I don't want to do it too mm-hmm. much because I'm the only one out of the two of us that's watched all six of the movies. Mm-hmm. But I will give you my thoughts, as I always do, on like how was it, what's different, mm-hmm. what, what would change this time. But really what we're going to focus on um, is Run, Hide, Fight. Mm-hmm. I, I p- deliberately put some silence in there so there could be the collective gasp from all my friends that hate this film. Like... We're going to make a big announcement here. Like, we didn't hate this film. We didn't hate it in the slightest. And and I probably have what I consider to be some controversial things to say about it. So please, if if, if you have views, if you're Mm -hmm. really tied to this film and you just want to rip me apart just for mentioning that I thought it was a good film, then, like, be careful. Because, like, I'm uh, not... Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, this discussion that we're going to have today is, is, you know... uh, is can, just can you our, hear the nervousness in his voice? It's just our opinion, first of all, first and foremost, right? Um, and uh, I think that it's it's not wrong to have an opinion, you know, and and that's kind of going to be central to to the discussion. So and and, I, and I'll, I'll keep that even in past the edit because you know what, like this is the problem we had with this one. We literally had two probably half hour conversations over whether or not. We wanted to do a podcast on this because we were fearful, to be honest, of people's reactions to us liking this film and and kind of endorsing certain parts of it. So that's the disclaimer I'm making about being careful. Like, if it's going to piss you off, then I have no problem with you turning us off right now. Like, that's okay. We understand not everybody has to like the same things. Okay, and we're not going to go 
through this film with a clean slate, like it doesn't have anything wrong with it. Right. And I will also talk briefly about the controversy that surrounded the film and why why it's good to remember that as well. And kind of like put that all in the discussion. What yeah. I would encourage you to do is if you do have an opinion about it and you want to get it heard, we listen, man. Put it in the comments. Like we yeah, do listen like hardcore okay that that's the one thing that always gets me is people think because i'm this lawyer type that i argue but i don't listen like the whole point of us doing the podcast is to to, to get discussion going and get people talking not to say we're right and everybody else is wrong this isn't us being right this is us even having researched the opinion more than a couple articles guys like we would love to hear from you as to what you think we're just going to tell you kind of our impressions of yeah of the and, film. and and again I, I i think that it's an important conversation to have and that's yes. why i think that it's it's okay to have it you know <laughs> so we're moving onwards we're we're a bit scared we're like okay here's where we could get all the flack from all of our friends that hated this film so all right but first let's let's start with something easy Ed. do you want to ask me about fright fest ask me about fright fest ask uh, me yeah tell me tell me about fright fest man like um you you did highlight a few that you thought that i would uh very much enjoy but uh this year obviously is very different to last year because last year you were there weren't you yeah, so I mean, it was a reminder from I think I believe it was Andrew Brooker was the one who was like, hey, remember we were all out there? Like this was my first and last film festival. Like I hadn't been around the scene for a couple years, about mm. a year, because I, August I was in America. I didn't go to Fright Fest, mm-hmm. and I think Glasgow that year I was also busy, or there was a big snowstorm. One or the other. I didn't go up to Glasgow the year before, so mm. I'd been out for a while from my usual like people that I hang out with at these things. Came back and just, I mean, it was it was another Genesis moment. It, like, things mm. just picked up. So, as the first time I really sat down and talked to Laurie Brewster, mm-hmm. um, that's where Adam Stovall, you know, put his film. So, think about, like, mm. that's just what gets me. I just think about how much has been it's a, it's based off the back of that, yeah, that yeah, film yeah. festival. We did yeah, so yeah. much work just on the back of that, getting stuff done. So, yeah, it, it is really sad. Now, we had Fright Fest in August and then again Fright Fest in October. And I would say both of those were a bit different. Um, those were like live events where the, the shows came on and you watched them and you talked to your friends. Mm-hmm. This was different. This was six films, only six films, part of the Glasgow Festival at home. And you could mm-hmm. watch them in any order. I actually finished the last of them this morning before work. So mm-hmm. I got up, I got my butt out of bed this morning so I could watch um, Vicious Fun and the, the last of Vicious Fun and mm-hmm. finish off with American Badger. But that's what I'm telling you. What are we on? Tuesday now. So Tuesday. And they're still good for another... 24 hours i think like if i wanted to watch him again so Mm -hmm. it was very much watch at your own pace this time Mm -hmm. not really there were no that i saw now i saw someone post about shorts and trailers and blah 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 i didn't see any of that like Mm -hmm. i just saw the movies there was no q a or anything like that right and i guess final overarching comment would be it was sad like it was sad because we're really starting like i'm almost done with the vod festivals now because it's <laughs> it's great to watch them but like yeah i was, agree it was, it, it was nice for a while but it's not the same like it's mm. not, not you know if they set it up as uh, my best theory with vod like doing it that way is set it up as a market for me let me broker my deals and talk to people and, and get people on my projects while these things are going on but then i'm not watching the film because i'm working so you know like it's a catch-22 I will be mm. so much more pleased if we can just do this in August and everybody gets down and we finally catch up with one another. And God knows I will be on the festival circuit a lot more than I used to be because I get a lot more done by going to see people face to face and doing it that way. But last comment I'll make on the overarching thing is that the caliber, I would say, of all the films was much lower. 
Mm. And that's not a slight on the filmmakers. That's not, mm. you guys did a wonderful job. I just think there's not as much out there right now. Right, so, right, 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 right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. more stuff gets in because we just don't have as much. That's not saying that any of those six were like below subpar. Mm-hmm. It's more saying that there were more of the first time indie flicks than I remember in the past. You know, right, last year right, we right. saw Saint Maud. You know what I mean? That was mm-hmm. the big, big one from last year that everybody's still talking about. So yeah, but um, I mean, I can go through them semi individually quickly if that's okay. not too yeah, go indulgent. For it, man. Like, um, because I kind of uh, I. Again, I, I was interested by the couple that you strongly recommend. That's what I mean. If, if anything sparks a question, then please mm-hmm. ask because I do feel like I'm just taking up airspace by just listing them off. But I was—I mean, I was going to put this in a blog post for you guys anyway, so easier just to do it on the show where I talk about it. So the six films we won't talk about: Run, Hide, uh, Run, Fight, uh, Run, Hide, Fight, because obviously mm-hmm. that's going to be the main stage. But yep. the first one that I watched was The Old Ways. And mm-hmm. that was a bit of folklore, kind of folklore. Mm-hmm. It was an exorcism tale. So without mm-hmm. giving spoilers away, it's an exorcism, exorcism dealing with like spiritual and mystical Mexican elements. Mm. That part was awesome. That like, sounded really cool re- when you told me about it. Yeah, really dug it. Really think it's an angle that hasn't been tried enough. Like if you don't know about la, 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 Las Brujas Mexicanas, like Mexican mm. witches, mate, we're missing a trick on that. Somebody needs mm-hmm. to talk to Gigi. Gigi Salguero, by the way, makes some of the best Mexican-American films that you'll see, at least as mm-hmm. far as horror is concerned. But somebody mm-hmm. needs to talk to Gigi and figure out if we can find like someone who'll do Brujas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like That's a whole subsector of Mexican culture that is amazing. Like It's, yeah, it's yeah, mystical. It's cool. It's, cool, it's deep. It, you could do like a midsummer over it. It would be mm, so deep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this doesn't quite go that far. I, I would say it's a decent film. It's worth a watch, especially if you like either exorcism films or you like Mexican films that, that deal with this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I told you I had my qualm with this one, making it short and sweet, was that it went on too long. Okay. This yeah. was this was much as I so if you listen to the podcast I complain a lot about Korean films doing this because mm. Koreans are notorious in my view Korean mm-hmm. filmmakers are notorious for doing this they take the film two or three scenes too far mm. so something ends and then they're like then there's a like a coda and there's like oh now we have to go do this like the biggest one that if you haven't seen Parasite close your ears but in Parasite there's the coda where the <laughs> sun's yeah. in the house and it's like yeah. I didn't feel any of that was necessary like mm-hmm. I just felt ended here we already know how shitty the situation is mm-hmm. we get it no there's nothing that's going to redeem this back to us understanding you know the way it was and still the mm. korean filmmaker decided to kind of go on for another 10 15 right, minutes right i found this that one, also with like uh japanese animation as well do you do yeah, you yeah 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 it's very possible i i'm gonna have to go back and look at some anime that way um this one does it like three times like there were three times when i thought the movie was over and we were going to mm-hmm. cut to credits and it didn't and mm. i was like the first time I, I threw it away as an excuse and was like ah you know you're just eager for the film to be over so you can get on the next one because that usually yeah, yeah. is the case to be honest yeah. um the second time i was like wow like that's twice you've done that and the third time i was like wow that's too much like right it goes and then it goes again and then it goes again like mm. filmmakers okay like your audience doesn't know what the full story is okay leave leave something for the sequel why because like again the audience doesn't know where you wanted to go with the story they only know where you do go with the story so Mm -hmm. you don't have to follow it up and close all the ends if you don't want to Mm -hmm. so that was that one and then the other one that i recommended to you was the woman with the leopard shoes now i watched this three three times ed (laughs) why (laughs) Well, first time I definitely fell asleep to it. Like, first time it was like, 
10 minutes in. It's a black and white movie. It's filmed deliberately monochrome. And it's like, obviously, it's one man in a room. So it's mm. it's concept. Very fringe. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there is a film festival that I've been to where I haven't fallen asleep on a film at some point. Oh, simply man. because it's just, it, it's a lot, right? And, and especially like being at home and being comfortable and... And, and stuff like that, being able to kind of pause it <laughs> and come back to it. Like, you know, it does, like, film festivals can be uh, c- can be rough in, in that sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it was just, again, in the middle of the day with the lights on, you know, which would be harder to watch this film because that was the problem. It was a black and white, so I needed it to be dark. Right. Because you can't really it's watch mood, film. Right? Well, it's fil- it was deliberately film noir, and you yeah, can't watch yeah, film yeah. noir in the middle of the day. Like, that's mm-hmm. just dumb. So, what can I say? Like, it's, it is, it requires work. It requires work, like Odyssey, a film requires work. But once you get into it, you'll really quite enjoy it. It's very, very French and very clever. Mm. Like, an incredibly clever You film. mentioned that it was like a single location and the way it, it was shot was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, when I watch the whole thing, like, he does go outside and then into the, he goes into a room. So it takes place mm-hmm. in one room where mm-hmm. all this mystery is going in. He enters that room, so we see him getting into there, like, in some mm-hmm. scenes outside, and then he leaves the room, and mm-hmm. we also see that. It was one of the things, just to be completely honest with you, I watched it three times, and I'm still not entirely sure about the ending. <laughs> Right. Okay. Like, I'm still not quite sure. Did he just get out, or did that happen? Like, I'm telling you that it's not a spoiler because I'm not. I don't really know. I'm like, wait, it just it just kind of ended, and I was like, and he was in a car, and I was like, oh, he must have gotten out then. He must have been all right. But I think that was part of the problem because there's only one person. You start realizing how often we use other people to frame our scenes and like mm-hmm. how much you use other things when it's just one person and a phone because mm-hmm. he was texting people it's quite mm-hmm. difficult to, to convey the action like yeah. to, see, to tell you what's going on it reminds me a little bit of um oh i saw this at a, at a festival in like buchon or something uh the tom hardy film lock which all takes place in a car okay uh, in a drive from like the north of england down to london or something like that and so like conversations on the phone and stuff like that. it's very interesting but yeah very experimental and you have to be i think in in that kind of mood to to really appreciate it yeah it, it, it was done it was a covid film so it was clearly showcasing i can't go anywhere so this is what i'm going to make it's just like you said and this is no slight on it because i definitely think the french came out in force this time and and it was mm-hmm. clever and well done but i've seen it done better there's a mm-hmm. old horror film called penny it's not penny dreadful because obviously mm-hmm. that's the show but it was mm-hmm. penny something and and all i remember is the premise i watched it a long time ago it was on you can catch it on wikipedia it was on one of the after dark so they used to have yeah. these film festivals that showed after dark films yeah either, yeah yeah, yeah. and there was like it was things. Four, Again, four ye- it was, so often though. It's like four years of it, but it was a, s- a specific series called After Dark, and they did this, and, it, and the name was Penny <laughs> Sorry. Something. Sorry, no, I'm okay. sneezing. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but Keep the whole point of this story and the reason it worked, and it didn't work that well, but it worked mm. enough, it mm. was like about this girl whose parents like tragically get killed in this horrible car crash, and because of that, she has this huge fear of cars. Mm-hmm. And so she's with her therapist like 15 years later and they're driving for like the first time. Mm-hmm. And of course, something horrible happens and they're stuck in the car. Right. And it works because you're yeah. like, oh, what of all the horrible things to happen to poor Penny? Like, What, what year is, is like this from? 
uh 2000s so okay. early early millennium it, i i remember getting it as part of um when i was like trying to go through lots of horror stuff it was on mm. a list that i had and ended mm -hmm. up buying all the films that were part of this after dark series that mm -hmm. were part of this it was a film festival that only That's aired cool. for like four years and it had like 10 maybe eight or 10 horror films every year and so mm -hmm. it was part of that series I just remember it. It was it was decent. It was worth watching, and I think it was in the first season. So you can you can check that. But that's yeah. what I would say about man with or woman with the leopard shoes is like if you're into something filmy that you want to have to like, you know, if you're like the D in DOP mode is what I call it because mm. that means I want to I want to look at camera shots, not really story. Right. Then go for it. Yeah. If you want something with like a really intricate story. Maybe this one, if you like, you're Poro fan. Maybe you could get away with it, but mm -hmm. otherwise, I, like, I am a big Poro fan. Yeah, it had those elements. Like it, yeah. it's a murder mystery. It's a mystery, so you have mm -hmm. to figure it out. But I just it wasn't incredibly compelling. Mm -hmm. So, so that was the second one that I watched. Mm -hmm. um, third one was Run, uh, Hide, Fight. So we'll save mm -hmm. that to the end. Fourth one was Out of the World. It's not Out of this World. Out of the World, because I had heard by this time it was like Sunday. I think Mal Jutley, who's one of my buddies, like had and he reviews everything, had said like this one's the best. Like this is the best one to watch. Mm. It was French again. I do tend to like concept French films, like ones mm. that are a bit weird that way. Yeah. So I gave it a go and like it's one of those films that for me like is life affirming. Mm. And I it's horrible to say that because it's a film about like a serial killer. Mm. A serial killer that uses music for a serial killing. And oh, like Jesus. and his relationship with a deaf girl. And that's really as much as I can say without you watching it and understanding what I mean, it is, mm. it's not the story, it's how they tell it. And that's why I love the French. So this uses, this has very <coughs> little dialogue in it. Like very, very little dialogue in it. Mm -hmm. It has this, it has this song that he's composing that comes up and it's a powerful song. So mm. they play with you. They continuously use this song to mm. lift your emotions, but they do it. In almost a, 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 a satirical way. Mm, wow, that sounds really interesting. Right, so it's an uplifting song, right? So the first time mm. you hear it, it's like wonderful, but it's also accompanying one of his murders. Wow. And so it is powerful. Like you're yeah, powerfully yeah, yeah, yeah. watching him butcher this woman and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it works. And then he, they do it again and again and again in different ways. And then mm -hmm. the blind girl is also a phenomenal like interpretive dancer. And to have a blind person dancing, like it filters into the story. Yeah. yeah Again, yeah. some of you will be listening to this and be like, this sounds like the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. No, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of, um, is it Dancer in the Dark, the Bjork film, which is A little bit, a little bit, which is also like up there with one of my favorite kind of things, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like that. And it's definitely on like, obviously you all heard me gush about Climax, which I love that film, <laughs> even though it has no real plot to say. Mm -hmm. Like, love that film it's up there it's not as zany as a gasper knows so it has more i would say story it's just it's it's wow like the ending is very like metaphysical metaphorical mm. like blah mm. blah blah like if you're into that type of film yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. go for it if you'd like nice. the benson and moorheads the Ari asters the yeah, ones that yeah, yeah. stretch further than the actual story then this is definitely for you and yeah. just remember it's French and you'll completely get it. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is probably like for me that that might be it's it's a tough like between the two. Like between this and Run Hide Fight would be my top two films of the Interesting. festival. Interesting. Um 
run hide fight i don't really want to put as number one because i don't think it's that amazing of a mm, film like right, that's right. the thing even though we're doing the podcast on i don't want people to think like it was the best film i ever right. saw like <laughs> right. no i just i enjoyed it i thought it was fun yeah um so but that's out out of the world and that's the one mm-hmm. like i said if you want the concept if you that's the fright fest one that's the one every year you go to fright fest Glasgow to watch a concept piece that's really good saint maud mm-hmm. was last year's that's mm-hmm. the concept piece for this year okay um at least i i think could so, you because... remind the viewers of the title again it's called um, "Out of the World." Out of the world, and and actually, let me get the, the viewers. Title. I mean the the I meant the listeners. <laughs> or someday, when, when I get us on YouTube, you know what I mean. I keep meaning yeah. to do that, viewers. So we will be doing that eventually. But let me get you the French title too. I'm just typing it into my phone here. Out of the world, because the French title is always so much better. So while I'm doing that, the other films I won't talk about as much because I didn't like them as much. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, nope, I tell a lie. I tell a lie. There was one more that was good. That was called Vicious Fun. Yeah, and that yeah. Was, I saw some people commenting that that was That could good. be, for some people, uh, that could be another film of the fest. It was mm. good. So the concept is hilarious. Like, it's basically, without spoiler alert, in case you don't want to hear this part, but mm. it's basically a guy gets trashed at a bar after having just a relatively bad day. Like, and you mm-hmm. get to know the guy in much more detail before this happens. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole comedy element to it. You've got this guy that's kind of a, just a, he's not an idiot, but you know what I mean? Like, mm. it, it, it's just kind of the kind of the way it goes. And then he wakes up and he goes and sits down at this, like, meeting. And no one is quite sure what the meeting's about. And then you realize it's like a meeting for serial killers. and they're all like and i killed this guy doing this and i always make sure i do the bodies with this and then like they figure out that he's not part of the club right right, and it all goes to shit from there and it's great it's absolutely great so very entertaining was easy to watch i had it on kind of in the background because i was having Mm. breakfast but like or i I think i was like last night i was falling asleep to it this morning was breakfast so it wasn't absolutely captivating where i just couldn't put it down but in the same sense i really enjoyed it like i thought it was funny i thought it had really good gore like Mm. it was just standard fright fest good stuff you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the stuff that you can watch and it's well worth the watch so that was that one and then the last one that i watched was american badger that was the disappointment one um that one you might like, Ed. I mean, it's 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 a it's an assassin film, um, mm. and that's really all I could say about it. It's really it was indie, low budget, and I just thought it plotted along so slowly mm-hmm. the whole way through. It's about you know a guy who's an assassin in America, and this is what he does. And it was supposed to have this really kind of like touch of life thing. Mm. Um, and sorry, maybe it, maybe it was an American, you know, it was Canadian, if I remember correctly, but it was supposed to have this whole touch of life thing. But, you know, I, there are films that do it really well, like Nefarious. OK, so mm. Richard Roundtree's film Nefarious does like seedy underworld of life mm. really, really well, I thought. Like that was the mm. reason like it was grainy. It was really awesome. Like I, I still have to watch it on my OLED to see if it was as grainy as oh, it would have yeah. been when we saw it in the film. Mm-hmm. But this was not grainy. This was like trying to be grainy, but shiny. And then mm. like. And then the plot points, I just didn't, I just didn't feel like it drove it up. So American Badger was definitely the bottom of the list for me. It's, it's not a bad film. It's just, it's an action film. Mm-hmm. The action wasn't great in my mm-hmm. view. It wasn't done kind of the caliber it could have been. So, if you're looking for one to drop off the list, drop that one off the list. But that okay. was all of them. So okay. that that leads us up to, you know, run, hide, fight. So let's let me shut up finally because we're only on like 26 minutes, and I think you've said 10 words, poor Ed. <laughs> Why don't you start by telling us your first impressions of run, hide, fight? 
Okay, so um, first impressions. Now, when you suggested we do this one, um, you kind of gave me a little bit of a of a of a taste about some of the controversy surrounding it. So when I came into it, I was a little apprehensive, but um, I've got to be honest. As as a film, I I really enjoyed it. I I thought the concept was um, very clear and uh, the kind of thing that I can just imagine the pitch meeting, right? Of somebody sitting down and saying, well, look, this is... But that's, tell, tell, tell the listeners then, what do you imagine happened in that pitch meeting? Like, this, this is all uh, you, baby. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's, it's often the case that uh, in pitch meetings, or so I've heard, um, you often use a descriptor of, of combining two films to describe how this film is similar to some things and, and would be unique by, by its combination, you know? And this, for me, was um, Die Hard in a high school. And I just felt like that that was definitely what um, the, the pitch would have been. And, um, again, I... As someone who listens to people pitching ideas and stuff like that, I would have been very intrigued by that. And um, the final product, I think, is very well polished, shot beautifully, very cinematically. Um, the performances from some of the actors in here are really solid. Um, particularly is it Isabel May, who plays Zoe, the, the mm. main uh, the, the protagonist. And even though I was kind of waiting for for something to kind of get not angry about, but but just like roll my eyes at it. And, kind and of why never... was it? Yeah, let's let's back up yeah. just a little bit, just to, mm -hmm. to get. And I'm gonna let you do most of the talking on this, Ed, because it's probably safer that way. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, what is the controversy behind this film? Like, okay. there were a couple things. So, what are like the main controversial elements yeah. about this film from, now, from what we've heard. Yeah. This is just from, from, you know, articles right. and chatter on Facebook and things like right. that. So, yeah. but Ed, let us know. So, I mean, first of all, I would say that for this film, it's, it's a combination of issues, but, um, a large part of it stems from, um, the fact that this was one of the last productions of a, Dallas-based production company called Cinestate. Yes. And um, they were... Um, <clears throat> I mean, if you consider, like, you know, a production company on a spectrum of politics, they would have been on the right. They're conservative, right? Mm -hmm. um, they, they try to appeal to populists. Um, they produced a film which Mel Gibson starred in, where he played a cop who is the hero of the film and you know he's beaten up you yeah know. that was that was dragged across concrete right dragged yeah. across concrete right yeah 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 so um you know in that sense not not great in terms of you know uh, from a political standpoint either as a consumer or or as or as an artist that no, um, and, and, and to give know. some background, I think, to that, like, and you'd have to fact check me on this one, but Dragged Across Concrete didn't do well in the theaters, from mm. what I remember. It didn't do well right. in the release because of the content, because it was yeah. released, 
you know, last year in the, in the height of George Floyd, right. everything like it, it but wasn't. But they did necessarily... have some some kind of hits, right, in the indie horror. Uh, that is, of... that's just what I was going to kind of go for you. So the yeah. one they did before that with Vince Vaughn, which was Attack on Cell Block ninety nine, mm, that yes. at least received a lot of critical acclaim from yeah. what I knew. People thought that was a really good film. So mm. so they had a bit of a mixed bag. But where does the controversy kind of lie with Sinistate? Other than you know their political leanings are one thing, but the yeah. controversy. Yeah behind them is actually not entirely related to their right-wing leanings right. you know which um, they are vocal about so we're not pegging them as that guys like no, this no. is yeah. us saying like they went out of their way to make sure people knew that yeah, they that, that they, they were supporting certain, you know a more conservative yeah. american view exactly exactly which is not uncommon where i come from just to put that in there that's yeah, why i'm exactly. saying mostly silent exactly <laughs> <laughs> um but uh so later on it turns out that uh one of the co-founders of Sinistate or one of the kind of collaborators of this production company and bear in mind that this is a production company that's out in Dallas and kind of dominates the film scene out there right if yeah, you're a DOP yeah, yeah, in definitely. Dallas it's then you're probably working for them yeah it's, it's 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 something that people often forget about the way film works in the states it's very much how film works in the countries in Europe like mm -hmm. you have to remember there are local crews for local areas yeah. so Cincinnati where I come from has its own local film people Adam right. and I talked about that a bit on our show you yeah. know New York will have its own crews exactly. Austin, Georgia yeah. Georgia is one of the best right now because they have mm. so many tax breaks but they also have so right. many people you know is that everybody yeah. you know talk talk to Blair Bathory if you ever need to do a job yeah. down there and um, Tyler Tyler Perry Studios is down there as well Tyler Perry Studios down there mm. yeah so you know Austin will have a big scene but Dallas would as well I mean you have to always remember Texas is big enough to be its own country right. guys like right. that's how big it is yeah. Yeah. and really like that's not just an American saying that because he wants mm. you to think oh my god it's so big like no 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 they really could be their own country mm. easily like it wouldn't right. be even be a trick for them they right. would just be their own country because they have so, that many big cities and so yeah. go ahead Ed yeah so you know and, and I feel it's important to, to note this because this is where I feel like I can kind of comment on and that's like for a hustling filmmaker um, to be able to pick and choose uh, who you work for and who's willing to give you paid jobs is tough. But I, I just want us to remember that for, for the conversation that's going to happen. But I just want to wrap, wrap up the, the controversy. I, I uh, think, yeah, very, very much so. Go ahead. Um, uh, so... They, one of the co-founders, a fella named Adam uh, Donahue, uh, was arrested in 2020 um, for and accused of raping a minor um, who he, he, he's been working with on films and, and you know, uh, basically just really inappropriate shit, like Harvey Weinstein level shit. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the best part about this, and this all comes from an article that you can get on the Daily Wire that I'm sure is somewhere on Facebook, somewhere probably in the Fright Fest feed at the moment. Is like, it, the, sorry, the one from the Daily Beast? The, the Daily article. Beast, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I should never confuse Shapiro and... Yeah, because um, that, that's the other And I did it. I was talking with Ed on this, being like, they're not the same thing, right? He's like, no, 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 you're thinking of two different things. So I, that's the second time I've done that, guys. Um, so the Daily Wire has a lot of this in the article. The thing that I would... The Daily Beast, know, again, yeah. Daily Beast has this all. The Daily Wire wants nothing to do with this. Um, so the Daily Beast has this all in an article. And what I would hasten you to go is they have the SoundCloud footage, if I remember. And I really mm, found yeah. that to be useful. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's. Yeah. I'm not sure it's in that article. It might have been another one you can click on from there. But basically, yeah. 
this girl, and it's not the one he's accused of raping, but this no, girl, this is another situation, yeah. who is producing with this particular individual, was smart, mm. and she's in a car ride with him, being just he's being ridiculous, like mm. beyond ridiculous, mm. and she recorded it. And so it's the kind of thing like that's real controversy and valid mm. controversy, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. listen to the recording. And what I would say is like, if that bothers you enough not to watch the film, then so be it. Like, yes, totally absolutely. Get you. Okay, totally get you. That yeah. group was not definitely not supporting women, you know, in any shape, way, or form when it came mm. to this. There yeah. are also within the article in the Daily Wire. Thank you. The Daily Wire, you will see there are multiple allegations as well, which Ed's going to talk about in a minute here. Multiple allegations as Again, well. Again, Daily of... Beast, mate. You keep doing Oh, mate. Mate. <laughs> I'm just going to let you say it now. I'm sorry, Mr. Shapiro. You're probably cursing me under your breath. Like, stop associating me with this. Well, mm, just, uh, just... I mean, they're going to enter They're going to enter the fray in a second. So, uh, But, yes, so so this happens, and, and it turns out that um, I'm not sure if he was uh, that involved with um, Run Hide Fight, but uh, uh, for for several productions, he was essentially put in charge of hours and payment for people. Yeah, he's that's the line producer. He was the he was the right. line producer, right? And yeah, and like putting this person who apparently just was known to be like this. And people were kind of brushing under the carpet and stuff like that. In that position of power is definitely something that we can all agree was a stupid idea. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, you know, now, what kind of happened, particularly with the crew, because some people walked off uh, because of some of the treatment and also some of this information that was flying about with the recording and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, they were kind of uh, accused of, of bullying in the workplace and mistreating people and and things like that. Um, but the film gets finished, and by this time it's all kind of falling apart, so they need to find a distribution partner. And this is where The Daily Wire comes in. Which not The is, Daily Beast. Not The Daily Beast, no. Which is a um, conservative... Some would say alt alt right um, kind of news source. You you've probably seen stuff on Facebook, uh, but they're getting into film like distribution and stuff like that. And so they purchase this film, and they are now the distributors of this film. Hmm. So adding on to everything that happened with Adam Donahue and the the situations that that potentially you know young extras because this this is set in a high school, right? Like. If young people were put in those situations, that's that's really serious. And then on top of that, you have, you know, an alt-right organization coming in and, you know, backing them. A lot of the crew are now, and you can see this in the Daily Beast, you know, saying things like, if I'd have known, I never would have worked on this. I wish I could take my name off it. And the conclusion that I got from... A lot of this, and and again, it's in the Daily Beast article, um, is that the the you know f- from my perspective, again as a as a freelancer, right, that like has to make ends meet and and by doing jobs in the current situation on top of everything else, right? 
I feel like there's a lot of people who are probably going to be put in a very difficult position of kind of having to wrestle with their morals of not wanting to work with with certain people and putting food on the table which i think is always a very difficult position to put anyone in right i mean this this is where i can jump in a little bit because as i said i'm trying to remain quiet here because you know ed i brought this up to ed that i liked the movie and then talked about the controversy with him and it really Mm. was like let's sort out how we feel about this so Mm. we can talk about it without you know hopefully offending everybody else that we usually have on our show Mm -hmm. listen like I told him from my experience, I said, you know, I don't have the film background. So I have a day job, a day job Mm. that has been in the legal, financial and insurance world. And Mm. listen, like in that world, and I'm not making any comments about my current job, just in case you guys are listening, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and because I do love the place I work now, but you will work for some really awful people sometimes. Right. And you are put in that position of. Jesus, what do I do? And a lot of mm-hmm. times there's nothing you can do. You just Very true. get on with it. And yeah. I'm not saying it makes it right. I'm not no. saying it justifies that person's behavior. No. I'm not saying it justifies any of that. I'm just saying yeah. it is not an uncommon problem, especially yeah. in the higher echelons of working, that yeah. you get people with personalities that are terrible and there's very little you can do because they're successful in what they do. Right. So every abuse that I ever had to suffer as a, a trainee or a young lawyer or whatever was mm. because the person I worked for was a gold mine, you know, was, was producing money for the firm that I was working for or, or whatever. That's right. how it works. You mm. know what I mean? And yeah. so it's, it's clearly a, a, a societal issue. It, it mm. permeates every level of society, every industry. And I don't think that anyone uh, in their right mind can claim that this can go on. And things need to be done to stop this from happening, you know. Um, I, um, I, I sometimes help my, uh, my mum out with, like, computer stuff, right? Mm. Uh, God bless her. Um, she's, she's an absolute genius, but computers are not her thing. Um, and she has to do these courses um, which are to prevent radicalization, right? Because she works in, like, an like a, a adult learning kind of situation mm. and uh, you know i like she gets frustrated because she's like oh why do i have to do these things but then we do them and you know we talk about it and we realize it's it's a conversation that needs to be had and you know that people need to be like taught how to recognize these things and 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 have ways of stopping them without necessarily putting your career on the line right Mm. which is Mm. which is you know the last thing that you want if you get a shot on a film with thomas jane right um and uh you know uh you you get that opportunity as a you know third ad as a you know fourth ac as a as a grip or something like you want that to be the thing that that kind of propels your career, right? But mm. I think a lot of these things are out of the control of the the cast and the crew, and I think that yeah, just things need to be done institutionally. I think in order to 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 prevent these things from happening. But again, putting that aside, when I watched the film, 
I really liked the film. I I enjoyed the story. I didn't think like you. I didn't think it was like the greatest thing that I've ever seen. But I was like, wow, this is like really quite quite fun. And I could see this being like no, a no. sleeper hit. And, and and hopefully the audience appreciates. It, but we're limping towards that because we were really concerned about people thinking that it was because we didn't care. We didn't think about these right. things. We hadn't looked at the controversy that we just blew it off. Like, no, right. like we, we looked at the controversy. Yeah. We've been aware, you know, we've been personally involved nowadays, like years ago and similar types of controversy about this person said, this if you person, work this in person. the film, if you work in the film industry, like I think it's it almost happens. inevitable. It yeah. happens. And, and I, it's really tough to like, pick a side i can't tell you you're right one way or the other like i i definitely feel for those crew members and i think it's fully within their rights to say i don't want to be associated with this and this was mm. horrible like definitely yeah. don't feel like you don't have a voice it's film the whole point mm. is to have a voice yeah but equally like please don't from my perspective shit on me just because i watched the film like yeah unfortunately and, and i think anyone who enjoys the film is within their rights you know regardless of political affiliation or you know it's 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 your right to watch it and think it's shit so so that's that's like that's what i would call the big controversy all right because there's a big controversy with that and people said don't watch this film because of that like Mm. okay like Mm. if you don't want to watch the film and that's why i put it all before we start talking about what we loved about this film literally Mm. if any of that has trickled you and you say nah i'm not going to watch this shit we completely get it that's why i've given you 45 minutes of something else because yeah you can go on and and listen to next week's show no problem like we are not saying check out some of the other films that jay recommended exactly like you know like that's that's the great thing about like our kind of almost like capitalist society right like you can vote with your dollars like you cannot watch this and, and you know Right, because that leads us to, to, to the smaller controversy, which is actually one that I've argued the other way on before with, with mm-hmm. guys like Laurie Brewster. You, Laurie and I have had many an argument over art. And mm. I remember, actually, the last time this got brought up at a Fright Fest was Sky Sharks. And mm, yeah, I can't remember, I remember the nice lady who wrote yeah. an article about this. Uh, she hated it, but she wanted us to talk about this, I remember, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> on the podcast about art. And it's, yeah. it's the question, the smaller controversy is, is this in terrible fucking taste Mm. because it's about a school shooting in america where it is not just a movie it happens all the time and is it wrong to die hard the whole situation right Right. that is i think i think we could we could have done a whole entire podcast just on that and the film itself but you know we had to preface it with what came before i definitely definitely address the factual controversy because i Mm. i respect that you know that article from the daily beast like Mm. it says thing and it is connected to a bunch of you know two or three other articles that have relevant information that you should read and make sure you're comfortable with you know what i mean Mm. like we're not trying to hide what happened to the people on this film and we definitely don't think it's okay for that kind of stuff to be happening on set all we're saying is from our my limited experience and ed's more you know more depth in the experience it happens it happens Mm. a lot and if you're committed to filmmaking, sometimes you have to yeah. put up with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sadly, there is no great world where we just get to work with everybody that we want to all the time. And I, I guess that's my point. Like, and I have to say that to Ed. I have to say it to myself. I say that at my day job to people all the time. Like, you do not pick and choose the people you get to work with sometimes. Mm. Like, you've got to learn to work with difficult people. Now, does that mean you have to put up with sexual harassment? Fuck no. Like, no. absolutely <laughs> yeah, not. Let's, like, let's, 
Yes, let's good for sure you that's. for hitting Understood. the record button. Please have yeah, it going yeah. at all times. Yeah. Cameras and fucking all of that stuff are nothing but help now. And don't yeah. ever be afraid to stick that camera on or stick that recording on because it's the best thing you've got to protect yourself out there. So absolutely, you know. Please, listeners, don't don't feel like you don't have a voice. The, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be in film if you didn't have a voice. Um, but second minor controversy. Yeah. What are your views on that, Ed? So, I, I mean, obviously I can wax lyrical about it, but I think I yeah. have before. Yeah. Treating this uh, film as... It, what would you say to people that say that this film is done in too poor of taste for people right. to watch? Right. Um, exploitative. Yes, yes. Um... I, I I understand that that perspective. I mean, we we did a podcast way back when on Bowling for Columbine, uh, where you know I talked about it being one of my all time most influential films. You know, mm. um, because it kind of shaped my way of thinking about certain things, uh, including like guns and things like that. But mm. I think the the thing that um, Bowling for Columbine does not do a great job of is understanding that there are people and and it does at certain points but understanding that there are people for whom it's a lifestyle it's a tradition it's a way of life right like owning guns hunting Mm. uh you know being part of the military right Mm -hmm. and so as an english person i found it kind of enlightening a little bit to potentially, and I'm not saying that this film is an argument in favor of like guns and 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 taking guns out, but in the same way that Die Hard was a great action film, right? I felt like this was a really solid action film with some thrills, some ropey dialogue at certain points, and some like <laughs> you know unusual character choices. Uh, so indie in that sense, right? Indie and and very typical of like what we've seen at least on the fright fest circuit. Like there was nothing about the film that I was like, well, that was an odd choice, completely unlike every other right. either first time or indie film that we see on the right. circuit. Like no, it it followed the usual tropes. They handled mental illness in probably the worst way possible. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, that was a strange choice. Yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody didn't go through that part of the script with enough detail. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, essentially, it's the story of uh, Zoe, who um, is a high school age, and we first meet her shooting a deer with her father. That's kind of the, I know, the I know. And see, okay, because this is when I can jump in with with like positive stuff. Because this was mm. when like I started getting excited about this film because like mm-hmm. I have not seen a female deer hunter. They exist. They were my friends <laughs> growing up. Like right, right, they're right. the coolest girls I know back home because they're the ones that you can do stuff with. Like the mm. ones that like will go out and have fun. Outdoorsy like and yeah. yeah. It, and again, it is a way of life, right? A way of life, right? Yeah, like and not every yeah. girl's like that by any means, but there was always yeah. like two or three and they're exactly mm. like this girl was. They're little misfits yeah. in high school. That's why they're fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, man, it just reminded me of two or three girls I used to know and I was like, yeah, I fucking mm. miss those people. Like yeah. they were cool chicks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and here we also kind of reach another strange controversy that I came across and I was like, I didn't even know that was possible, but... Apparently, the scene where they shoot the deer was a real deer being hunted, right? Okay. Uh, and I thought that, that was, like, illegal and why they had the, the, the disclaimers in the credits and stuff like that. But apparently, if they can prove that that deer was going to get shot anyway, 
um, it's not illegal by by any means to film it and, and put it into a film. No, I mean, I, I guess, you know, hunting laws, God, hunting laws in America are very different from out here. And I'm not right. like the avid hunter. You have to remember, I have a pacifist mother. So unfortunately, even though I grew up in an environment where this is all very common in second place, like mm. I'm not one that was out there. Like I told you in Bill Bowling for Columbine podcast, and I will include that in the link because I think it's if people want more detail about mm. like the it Midwest. I waxed lyrical in that. See podcast the early about... days of what are you guys talking about? Yeah, yeah, early days. Yeah, because man, that is just like me telling you. We talked about bowling for Columbine for like twenty minutes, and then I spent the rest <laughs> of the time talking about the Midwest and what the people are like out there and how but again, it's not interesting, reflecting. right? Like, like for me, and and this is one of the great things about the podcast is obviously you know we hang out and we talk and and you share stories and stuff like that. But even through the podcast, like I get to learn new things about you With, and, I think and that's about a, where yeah, you come from and stuff. I know? think that's how that happened because I was going on and on and on. I kept apologizing to you and you were like, well, no, but I'm fascinated because I mm, didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only thing about this. Like, listen, guys, this movie in its totality, and I've set out most of the really good parts to you and everything like that, but in its totality, this is a movie that I could see playing at the drive-in, actually, down in Amelia, where I come from, and people fucking cheering. The yeah, entire like it time. being a, a big hit, you know. A big hit. And you want to know why? Like, let me just try to explain it to you this way, okay? Yes, we're very comfortable with guns where I come from. Am I a gun owner? No, I don't own a gun. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my, my stepfather's got plenty enough for everybody. Um, <laughs> but I grew up around them, and I'm comfortable with them. And I believe responsible mm -hmm. gun ownership is the way to go. I said that on Bowling for Columbine. It, makes, mm -hmm. it was one of my best lines because it made Ed stop. He was like, what? And I was like, yeah, like I, no, and, I, and, and again, it's, it's, you know, it's part of growing and understanding that there are people with that point of view because it's what they grew up with and what they lived with, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like I'm fully about responsible gun ownership. I believe restricting that is the best way to make sure that you can, you know, balance it all out. But again, it's me trying to take a practical approach to America because where mm. I come from in America, the vast majority of people I grew up with would not say that guns are a bad thing, would not say that we need to get rid of guns. If you right. went to where my parents come from in New York, it'd be very different. And they right. would probably say that. And there are a whole bastion of people that believe in banning guns permanently. Yeah. That's, that is America. That is mm. the divide. That is what you saw in the election this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is very much what it is. And I think movies like this help me because they helped me try to explain that we demonize that side of people, I think, too mm -hmm. much. Yes. And that was my that was part of the reason I wanted to do the podcast and why mm -hmm. I thought my friends might get pissed. Because I was like, I'm going to say it. Like, don't it's, it's, demonize. It's got, the it's, it's got less to do with, like, you know, the controversy and everything. And it's got to do more with the movie. And, and I think that that's why this is such an interesting yeah, like discussion my, my, to have. My problem from, is, is when people you know, say, like, Americans are idiots because they all believe in gun ownership or because they still haven't figured it out. Like... First of all, we're not idiots, okay? Like, we are different, and nothing like 15 years in England will prove to you just how different an American is from mm -hmm. someone else in the world. No, you know, and that's mm -hmm. no disrespect to England. I love it here. But, mm -hmm. yeah, we are different, and mm -hmm. we're kind of proud of that. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yes, the Second yeah. Amendment is something we, we fight about constantly in America. However, it is something we want to fight about. Like, people mm. strongly believe they are entitled to carry weapons. They are entitled to do that. And yeah. a lot of our country was born out of that. So when we conquered the West, unfortunately, it was done with guns. You know what I mean? So And, and to be perfectly fair to this film, it, uh, and, and this was something that I was kind of waiting for, I was expecting it to be some kind of diatribe about gun ownership. And, 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 and it, 
really never felt that way throughout the film. I was kind of no, like the, the closest the closest thing you have to a statement for pro gun ownership is the veteran dad, right? Who the Thomas and Jane this is a big yeah. spoiler. But veteran dad assassinates. Uh, it's not the leader. It's one of at a key moment he assassinates yeah. one of the one of the ring one of the group of, of the, the people taking over yeah. the school. So uh, yeah, just to save just, his daughter. Just, just to un- so the people understand. So um, so you met you met this girl Zoe. She's hunting with her dad. You also get very early on one of my favorite things about this story, and I and one of the universal things that I think that anyone can can kind of latch on to and that's um you quickly understand that she's seeing her mother her dead mother who died of cancer right so she's going through some stuff she's like a senior in high school uh you know that's about to end and it's prank day um senior prank day at her high school which is an important kind of uh you know story point and um Essentially, a group of high school students ram a minivan through the cafeteria wall and start shooting people and take a bunch of people hostage. Yes. And it's kind of the story of Zoe kind of fighting back. That's where the whole diehard element comes in, right? Yeah. Yeah. She becomes uh, John McClane, who's like almost beat for beat, right? Like getting a radio and talking to the terrorists and you know stuff like that so yeah and and i think i mean that's and as part of that like her father ends up at the school um and he is a vet we learn about that in the early parts and he brings his gun with him and so he purges himself out right where he knows his daughter because his daughter is obviously doing the john mcclain and signaling to people back outside and i do agree with ed it is kind of beat for beat very, I hadn't realized how similar it is, but you're right. Like, cause I just watched that for, on Christmas with my wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Die Hard. I watched. Classic. And so, Classic. Yeah, awesome, awesome film. So yeah, it does follow that. That like first they get in touch with the cops, then they start mm-hmm. sorting out the problem, and and this is like later on. So this is like three quarters of the way in. She's cornered in a room by one of the big guys, and she's yeah. managed to fend them all off. But this is it. Like this yeah. guy's got her, and he's about to win, and he gets busted in the head by her father, who's outside with a sniper rifle and takes him out. Now. Right. That was as clear as it got that they were trying to say, see, had he not been able to do that, right. she'd, she'd be, be dead, dead yeah, right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah, but that, it never said... the only first, moment, though, right? First like, of all, yeah. Well, and first of all, it never says that, okay? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, the leftists in both of us wanted to be like, oh, there it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, exactly. I'm not convinced that, like, it's not just a story point. Because the other thing I pointed out to you mm-hmm. that I liked about this film is, you know, one of the unfortunate things of living outside of America is you lose that military connection that if mm. you grew up in the Midwest that you would have or right. or not just the Midwest. There's plenty of towns that are that are heavily right. military based. Small where town I grew up, America kind of, thing. you know, a quarter of your friends all go off to the military, if not more, you know, right. and it's and it's, you know, a lot of them come back in all different states. And so. Mm. That's something that I've talked about on the podcast before, I guess. There's some of it in Bowling for Columbine and other ones where I've talked about what it's like knowing veterans. But, like, mm-hmm. he's a good example of that. They're never quite right. And they're always right. – like, what you don't understand is they can't – they don't have – they don't put it publicly. They're not filmmakers. They don't tell their story to everybody. Most of them mm-hmm. are out there fighting – against people who really want to do bad things what did to... we talk about what what movie did we talk about the bradley cooper's in 
American Sniper. That's the one. Yeah. See, that was a great. You you made a great point. Yeah. Um, so what I told him about American Sniper. American Sniper is one of those films that you can watch it two ways. Yeah. Like, and most people only watch it in America. They only definitely watch it the first way. But right. I would say if you're a leftist, you can watch it another way. American mm. Sniper. You can either look at that guy as one of the greatest American heroes for all the people he put down and all the wars. You know, in 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 both Afghanistan and, and the different things he participated in as as one of the great soldiers. Um. Mm. You know, and someone who really fought well for his country, because that's what these guys do. Like, yeah. as I said, having two, having you know, former best friend is was in the Marines. These guys are fighting in areas. A half the time you wouldn't recognize. You'd be like, why are they fighting there? And it's like yeah, because yeah. there's terrorists there that really want to do bad things to us. And like, if we're not shooting at them there, then they're going to enter the country or they're going to do things to us. And so it's it's one of those. And, and Ed makes a look, but it's that vague. Like that's that right. many threats no, in that many it, places. That, yeah. You know what I mean? I hate to say it that way, but there really are threats on all sides. And so... I mean, certainly these people put their lives on the line right. for, you know, like, freedom in theory, right? Like, that's that's but, that's the idea, right? But American Cyber, I mean, he's a Texan as well, which is always yeah, a good yeah. thing to easily flip. If you flip that on the left, then the man's a psycho. Like, the man's right, an right, right. absolute psycho. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Because he kills people. You know what I mean? He kills mm. them well. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. when I said this to Ed, it was, we just kind of stopped and said, yeah... You could look at it this way. Yeah. You could look at the film this way as well. Like neither, you know, the the main character Zoe nor her father are particularly well hinged. Okay, mm -hmm. but for me, like I was like, I'm proud of that because that's the reality of where I come from. Like I'm I tired mean, of protagonists having to be so squeaky clean because they're not. I, I grew mean, up, guys. Yeah. Believe it or not, for all the bitching I do, I grew up with a lot of racists. So you'll meet guys that are like the nicest dude in the freaking world, but he drops the end bomb every three minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and what do you do what do you do do you hate that person like these are the things i this is why i thought it was important to do this podcast because it's mm -hmm. like i grew up in an environment that was charged that way that has yeah. that can really catch you out because you're like if i follow my morals on this one i wouldn't yeah. have anything to do with these people the problem yeah. is they're people so right. what are you going to do are you just not going to talk to people are you just going to you know and i think that that perfectly kind of embodies the larger issue that you know we've experienced uh, in the uk in the states with like just deep divisions and people not listening to each other and people like treating each other like idiots and you know libtards and uh, you know like whatever whatever words are used like i guess my my thing about film filmmaking is like a uh, you know you can change people's minds you can convince them of a p certain point of view or you can certainly lay out a good argument and documentaries tend to do that inherently like bowling for columbine but i think a film like this which is not necessarily really trying to make a a, uh, a big statement but it does it through like an entertaining form again we talk about story all the time i bought these characters like i bought these uh, you know, these relationships and, and, and stuff And that's like so great, because I, I was just going to drop and say, we're past the one-hour mark, so now let's talk about what we liked about this film, and that's mm. exactly it. Like, it just worked for us. We watched it, and we had fun. Like, we, we just thought, don't get me wrong, again, it's it's a Fright Fest film for me. It's not yeah. a, like, box office smash no, hit. And it's not I mean? going like, to, it's not going to win, you know, any Oscars or anything like that. No, but, but for what it, it's for what I... It's a goddamn entertaining film, man. Yeah, for the hour and a half I was with it, I enjoyed it. I liked the concept. And I think the thing I said to Ed is, like, listen, you all don't understand that, like, this all happened after I, I left America, right? Mm, like, when I grew up, that, yeah. there was no lockdown or anything like that in the schools. Mm -hmm. But now there is. And, like, they have, to, they have to... 
every single school has to gear up with these horrible drills where you hide in the corner and blah blah yeah. blah 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 and it just makes mm. everyone feel sick to their stomach because no one not gun ownership people don't want people dying in schools okay mm. like please um you know what i mean that's that's one of the things i get at it's what we talked about with bowling for columbine when he goes after charleston heston and it's like wait like charleston mm. heston doesn't want people to die either you know what i mean mm. please please don't get that twisted yes right. the politics are wrong on that part mm. like don't get me wrong like i'm still always going to be a leftist and think we need to have gun control mm. and that you know shooting people is always going to lead to more shooting of people but again it's dealing with the situation you're in and i just think with yeah. all the doom and gloom We've had about school shootings in America and the, literally the the hopelessness of it all. Because what mm. are you going to do? Like, you are not going to ban guns in America. You will have people in arms doing that. Watch stuff about state militias if you don't believe me. Watch that scene in right. Bowling for that's, Columbine. That's what's going to kick it all off. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It scared the shit out of Ed. And I was like, no, they exist in every mm. state. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and that's what they do. They're there to protect the state's rights against mm. the federal government. What do you think will happen if, yeah. you know, Joe Biden or any other federal government was to say, oh, by the way, we're going to collect all your guns take now. all your guns. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So what what specific stuff did you like in the film? Um, I told you, for me, because I'm, I'm sensitive boy, right? So, yeah. So one thing as I get older in life, we're kind of defining who I really am and... And although I was a cage fighter like four years ago, I really identified with like the love interest in this one, which it was, he was like a damsel in distress because he doesn't really do anything else. But I was like, I just loved his character, especially when he was like, what was that scene at the end where she's like going on and on to me saying, I love you and blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, that's not what I no, want no, to tell I you. I have something to tell you. Yeah, that was, that was, it was, it was well written. Um, yeah, that character. I felt like that, that, I felt that would have been me. That would have been my character. I would have been like the guy yeah. like, please save me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, that, that character, um, who I can't, I can't remember what, what the actor's name or the character's uh, name was, uh, but it's the best friend, right? Who, who yes. wants to ask her to prom and, but she's like, you know, just in a bad place and, and all that. And that kind of was, stuff. that was the, that was the yeah, other I, realistic element. I mean, high school yeah, always does a high school, high school element. You know, high school for me was just one of those awesome times. Like, you know, the more you listen to podcasts, the more you realize that I went to a really special place for high school. And like, mm -hmm. it just was a great four years. You know what I mean? Really four years. But this stuff gets you back into that environment. Like, it reminds you of the awkwardness and the and the fun. And like, and, and it just looked, I mean, I think it takes place in Texas. But that big open space like that, that's similar to like where I grew up around the cornfields. And so it had that element too, where it was just like, it felt very Midwest to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it... it it was, you know, one of my all-time favorite films, and I, I was just trying to check to see if we'd done, if I'd put it in my top five, but um, is Brick by Ryan Johnson. Still and, haven't watched it yet, and you, you yeah. always mention that film. That's definitely going on, on my next top five. Um, but uh, it's essentially a film noir in high school. Like, I, I, I like it when that kind of mashup happens, and it's done well, because high school films can be, you know, pretty... Well, it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's because high school obviously is such a structured society, more so structured than actual society. So that's why films tend to work so well there because you've already got your like setup pre-made because it's high school. So you can divide people into different categories. I would say, you know, some of the other things that I liked about this, I mm -hmm. like because I said it to you and I liked hearing it again just because I like mm -hmm. hearing the sound of things I say. <laughs> when she taught, it's true though, I, arguments that I make and she makes uh -huh. the argument to him 
So when mm. she's with them, um, I called him Mushroom Head, the one with the big floppy. Because again, that was the other thing is they all looked really oh, realistic yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Mushroom four, guy with the there's, there's four terrorists, right, that that come to take over the high school. Right. You've got the main guy who seems like a slightly Jokerish ripoff. Yeah, the clever Bond character. villain. Yeah, and then you've got the brother and sister who are apparently both in a sexual relationship with the main bad guy um and uh the sister is like psychotic the the brother like hears voices again that was one of the things that i think we both bumped on a little bit and no then you no have and, that and, fourth, it's the, and it's just yeah. to throw it in there it's the other point where if you're sensitive to those things you could feel definitely yeah i mean especially with the sexuality thing i was like oh come on yeah, like yeah. that's it, just it, trying to say that like people who do this would only be inbreds the right. problem is from my perspective Again, from my perspective, and go back to bowling from Columbine because I spent almost like 45 minutes talking about my old group of friends where we all could have been trench coat mafia mm. back in the day. Mm. That's how you're labeled by everyone else mm. anyway. Like, yeah. so that's what I mean. Like, the problem was, like, it's believable because these right. were the people. Now, they wouldn't be but having you, sex you, with you. You bumped a lot with the fourth guy, right? And his kind of justification. Yeah, because, because, because I, I was like, I'd been there. And so. So that scene, he's like, you know, you don't understand. I was in like, I think he says he was in the fifth grade. I was in the fourth grade, yeah. and a similar thing happened. So he gets me. he gets captured by 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 her by the by the protagonist and like hanged. Yeah, and they have like a talk again. I'm sure there's a scene in Die Hard where that same thing happens, but yeah, and and he he goes on to tell her this story. He goes right? on. He tries to like defend himself, which 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 you know this reminded me very much of Bowling from Columbine. It's the part of Bowling from Columbine I didn't like because mm. he tries to justify it. And he says. You know, you don't understand. I was in the fifth grade and these people pulled down my shorts in front of everybody and it was my real shorts and everybody saw my dingling and you don't understand. Everybody talks about it now. Now Even the teachers and yeah. Right. So the similarity I had is when I was in fourth grade. So a year before that, yeah. I was in a classroom in front of the entire class where this dude who's not so cool stuck a very, very sharp pencil and shoved it straight up my ass oh. in front of everybody. How unpleasant. Like, and basically the way he did is he held it as I sat so it just went straight up. And the oh. good thing is, guys, just, just so you know that my anus is okay, it didn't go up there. It went into my cheek. So I, I stood oh. up and had this pencil coming out of Sticking my buttocks of and, and like a ripped ripped pants, of course. And, of oh. course, the entire class is laughing. Right. And the worst thing that I remember is that the teacher was laughing, too. Right, right. And I just remember, right. you know, you cry your way to the, cry your way to the nurse's office yeah. as quickly as you can. And they never know what the hell to do. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And what I will say is the horrible things from that are nothing happened to that kid. Like, I didn't get an mm -hmm. apology. I didn't get anything from him. Mm -hmm. I just got sent to the nurse's office and told to get home. I remained mm -hmm. the dorky kid in school for, like, the rest of my time. It and, can, and it, can, it can mark you. you know, I mean, there's, there's went, no went on to, it, right? to, to, you know, that after when I talk about the dead friends, that's where they come about. They come about after an incident like that. Mm -hmm. That being said, then he starts saying, that's why I did what I did. And I love Zoe because she turns around and she says fuck you like yeah. you having your pants pulled down and being made fun of does not justify you killing a whole school of people right. thank right. you thank you thank you <laughs> yeah. 
thank you. Why haven't more people said that? Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but as much as I believe we need to be nice to one another in this world, when someone is not nice to you, it does not give you the right to pick up arms and say it was just because I had a bad childhood or I had a bad whatever. It's the mm. same as, as people who use their parents as an excuse as to why they're fucked up. It's like yeah. there comes a point where you just have to make your own decisions. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and that's not to say that, you know, these traumas and stuff like that don't have an impact on people. They, they do. People, you know get complexes no about and, all kinds and that's of things, the thing like right? at first i felt it was another right wing like you know i felt like again we kept uh, the lefty and us kept waiting for these moments where right, they were going right, to make right. their make their charge and we were going to note them down and we we're going to talk about on this podcast yes, yes but he doesn't actually do that there in the Not writing really. yeah. actually what happens is she helps convince him and i like that because it was a catharsis yeah. through the story explaining to him so maybe the picked on kid could understand oh shit, like, I have done a really horrible thing. These people didn't do yeah. anything to me. Yeah, the only the only tough thing is that, you know, I, it's it's a, it's a bit of a leap. And, and again, this is perhaps where, you know, as much as I enjoyed this film, I recognize that there's some plot holes, there's some stuff that doesn't really make any sense. Uh, but again, overall, just like very thrilling and, and, and full of... You know, no, character I get pathos you. I mean, again, like we're going through. This is the funny thing about this film, guys. Like, you've been listening to all this as if this is like an uber serious Bowling for Columbine like <laughs> right, exactly. dissertation, Oscar worthy. Like the film. controversy surrounding this film is like that kind of seriousness. Is why we had yeah. to tread so carefully. The film itself is an action flick. It's designed mm. to turn your brain off. Put it on and just watch somebody save a school from a school shooting. That's yeah. it. Way. Do you know what and I mean? Like, I was was not necessarily surprised, but I saw a lot of people, you know, uh, paste, uh, posting uh, on social media and stuff saying that it was one of their favorite films of, of the festival. Like, well, the, it, it, w- without knowing kind of a lot of the, the other stuff, I think in a vacuum, and again, you know, we've talked about this so many times on the podcast of like, it's very difficult to, to just... Um, you know, accept a film uh, for what it is, you know, regardless of whether Woody Allen or Roman Polanski or, or whatever has, has gone on with it, right? It's a very difficult thing to do, but but I think that's something that you have to try and do to give a film a chance, you know? Especially in a film festival. And I think that this was a really good film festival film, man. Well, it, it can affect different people different ways. Like, you could make, you know, the, the, the argument that is brought up to me, because people know how to argue with me, is always like Birth of a Nation. So mm. Birth of a Nation, yeah, obviously being... I was talking being, about that with my mum just yesterday. Was it W.D. Griffith? I mean, shot by shot wise, and I, I, I feel like physically ill just having to admit this, like... It's 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 you know it's it's that's why it's an odyssey of film because it, it did things. It's a pioneering had, film, yeah. Pioneering film, you yeah. know. Obviously, obviously, the portrayal of black people in that film is it's abhorrent. Disgusting. It's disgusting, disgusting. right? Yeah. But again, we went back to this with Lovecraft. Like, doesn't mean Lovecraft hated right. black people as well. Doesn't mean I won't watch that. Am I going to watch Birth of a Nation? No, because the abhorrent treatment of black people is so bad that the story is just going to suck to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, like, no matter how good that film looks right. technically, it's never going to jive with me you. that way. And exactly. so I believe, like, I believe people that say this film will work that way for me. If I watch a school shooting film, Jason, that tries to make it anything but, you know, as dire and horrible it is, I'm just going to throw up at the TV. Like, mm. get you. Totally with yeah. you. 
no big deal at all. But there are plenty yeah. of us, so to speak, yeah. and it's not an us and them, but there are plenty of other people, I guess, including, yeah. I guess, me in that category, that yeah. will watch that film and enjoy it, you know, and say, like, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it you know, preparing for, for this podcast and and this conversation and stuff, like, I also looked into Elephant, um, the Gus Van Zandt uh, 2003 drama, mm. um, which essentially tells the story of, you know, the Columbine shooting. And um, I remember at the time it, it getting a lot of praise and, uh, you know, perhaps because Holly, Hollywood and, you know, the film industry in general tends to be left-leaning, right? Like that tends mm -hmm. to be kind of the way people go. I think it, it did get heaped with a lot of praise because it was a very like, oh, we can't let this ever happen again kind of, uh, you know, thing to it. Mm. And it was more palatable to, you know, the... I don't want to call them Hollywood elites because that makes starts making me no, sound no, no, like because because Fox what the news or whatever. <laughs> what the Midwest retort to that is, and that's the thing. The benefit with having Trump out of the picture now is that we can all kind of tie this back to the more realistic statements about where people really feel. So I would say the Midwest retort to that, not necessarily coming from me, but you know, understanding where I come from would be, you know. You can pray that it never happens mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Yes. And where we come from, it has happened. And right. it happens again and again and again. And that's, so and that's the thing, right? They like feel like guns put a viable solution to trying to get that fixed. Right. I, you know, you know, like I don't <laughs> want firefights in schools. However, no, 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 no. I also respect the fact that no one's got the right answer right now because right. Yeah, they're that still was, going that was on. Part, that was part of the film as well, right? Where it kind of like, it doesn't make fun of, but it, it like shows you how ridiculous some of these like That's right. So when Zoe's, I, I was talking about with you with that. When Zoe goes mm -hmm. from lockdown to lockdown, she says, you cannot hide in a room with shooters around. They're going to come in the room and right. all you're doing is, is penning yourself in. You have to leave. Right. You have right. to get out. Um, and and in that situation, she was right. You know, I mean, like like having having a story to tell, which places this person in this situation. And and again, that's that's one of the things that I really love about this film is I like films that present a situation that is seems plausible, and you think, wow, how would I react in this situation? You know? Right. And and I I liked how they kind of went about it and the justification with her state of mind and her like kind of just not wanting to accept you know the realities of it again i bought the character i bought the situation enough right and and i, I think we live now as i said now that trump's gone because when trump was around like the only difference i noticed is that nothing could be subtle anymore there was no such thing as subtlety it was like mm -hmm. it either was or it wasn't with everything mm -hmm. what i think now is that we need to start getting back into those layers of subtlety that you have with issues so mm. you know let me just put an example on here and don't crucify me for it. But, you know, talked about D.W. Griffith with mm -hmm. uh, Birth of a Nation. The reason mm -hmm. I won't support that film is the abhorrent treatment of, you know, black people in that film. Right. And the way they're portrayed. You know, people have made similar arguments about The Godfather, one of my favorite films, because they mm -hmm. have the line about the niggers. And they say, you know, you know, leave that for the niggers. It's one of the worst lines ever put into a Hollywood film because it's the dropping of the N-bomb as mm -hmm. if it's so nonchalant. Like, mm -hmm. it's not. It shouldn't have been in the film again. Mm -hmm. You know, however, comparing that issue, so the abhorrent treatment of black people with 
a film that may or may not make arguments about gun control are not the same degree of craziness to me. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Going one's, away... one's, one's nuanced, the other one kind of isn't. Right. You know? So where this one is nuanced. So again, totally still cool if you don't want to watch this film. Yeah, if it's that's just, your line, if that's your line in the sand, total That's respect. fine. I just, yeah. what I run into problems with, with, with discussions like this is people make that line in the sand and my line in the sand similar and they say it's just like it's when you won't yeah, you, no, you won't watch it because of boring you know the black, it, black it people. Really like it's not like mm. that is not the same thing whatsoever mm. and it's not because one is an absolute truth and the other isn't it's just we're talking about two different things mm. and so and i think equally if somebody came to me and they said well look i i cannot support anything where someone has been accused of of rape and that's you know that's my line and sound again yeah that one yeah that one and again again now we're talking right now we're having Mm. a discussion and now i'm like yeah now i can totally see where you're coming from on that one but Mm. that's what stops happening is what i noticed there's less discussion there's less let's talk about it again the arguments that i get into is well it's arts for art's sake it has to be art or it doesn't have to be art i'm like why can't we think on this on a case-by-case basis? Yeah, Why does yeah. it have to be everything's allowed or nothing's allowed? Right. Why don't we do what the you know the, the censorship boards do in every country and look at things on their merits? And that's, that is, I guess, well, you know, this is... This, <laughs> yeah. this is me- Although there is that documentary on the MPAA, which is like mind-blowing. But don't yeah. confuse the issue here, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. Let's, not get, let's not get into a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true, so true. I guess that was, and that's the reason I wanted to encapsulate this in a podcast because again, mm. I do have to have themes for my shows. You know, Ed's, Ed's always a good sport going along with things and we did talk about this one a lot beforehand but I thought it was important to like put it out there that we are post-Trump now. Thank effing God, you know, mm. praise to be to all. You know what I mean? Like, awesome, okay? Mm. Now we can take things with the subtlety that we lost during mm. that time. And now we can talk about nuance and what's difference between things because it's important. It's what right. keeps the world the way it is. This is a <coughs> film that I... And maybe if people, if people feel listened to, that will solve a lot of our, our divisions. You know, if people Thank feel you. like they're Thank being heard, just, just the mere fact that you're not being dismissive. You know? That's right, and that and that that's the other half of the point, Ed. And thank you because you, you you just we riff off each other so well with it. Because that's my other point. Like, let this film come out, and let it come out without two billion people saying it's the worst film like known to man. Like, why? Because people where I come from will watch this and feel better about themselves. They'll feel better about where they come from. Right now, where I come from, people feel like the rest of the world thinks they are Satan incarnate, right. and you know, obviously, they believe quite the opposite you know what i mean and it's this fundamental misunderstanding yeah it's funny because you know we talk a lot about representation right and how important representation is for you know everyone in society and i think it also holds true uh for you know people with conservative values like if they don't feel represented in the media i think that you can get reactions like kind of what we've been going through the past few years with, with Trump, I feel that it's a reaction to not being represented, not being heard, not yeah. being listened to. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's all I'm saying. I mean, America is first thing I would ask is that like if you're not an American, then watch this movie and try to understand it was made for an American audience. Like that is clear to me because you have to have a loose under maybe a Canadian as well because Canadians are allowed guns in much the same way. But you do, I agree, have to have a looser 
feeling about guns to see this one is okay but equally you would for die hard guys like that's la right. i was thinking you know about, what I mean? I was like... thinking about <laughs> this like growing up right like i had this friend i used to go visit his house and he had a massive collection of bb guns and we yeah. used to spend all day like running around his his huge yard with these bb guns playing guns you know and yeah and and that is and you know it's part of storytelling and like you know, I was I was thinking about this, and I was talking to my mum about it, and I was saying like, do you do you think that films shouldn't be made about school shootings because they're such a traumatic, real? And uh, we were both like, no, you know, they should be made. the The story should be told. Um, and granted, maybe most people would prefer it if it was, you know taken very seriously and not as an exploitation movie which is how you described it to me and i think that's a perfect like explanation for what this film is you know uh exploitation of of uh, an aspect of reality for entertainment's sake you know well and this is the thing i mean you you could have made a few tweaks to the story i think maybe that would have been more contemporary that wouldn't have been as controversial listen mm -hmm. i do agree that the whole sexuality thing and the misfit thing like mm. i felt like that cast had been written by a jock like it really <laughs> felt like oh thanks like let's just pick on the weirdos yeah. you know for but, what you're but, doing but one, one of the things that i like for example story-wise was the element of senior prank day which i don't even now know if that's a real thing is that is that something that you of course it's a real i've told you about the pig trick okay. right Okay, so some of the best senior pranks that I know, and I don't know if we've ever admitted to all these things, so if anyone from my <laughs> old school days is listening. So, Cincinnati PD, listen up. You know what I mean? We did, I did the pig trick at one school, and I can't remember which one that was. That's an easy one. The pig trick is you send out a pig, one, three, and four, and they will spend all day looking for number two. All day. <laughs> I it's, love it. It's, it's just to fuck with the authority. You know what I mean? so, you like, draw, so you draw numbers on a pig. So... Yeah, 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 yeah. You draw one on one, you draw yeah. three on the other, you draw four on the last one, you let yeah. them go in the school. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the whole time, the janitor will spend his entire day looking for pig number two. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. That's amazing. <laughs> it's a pig trick. <laughs> but so that so, was one so, school we so, did. Another one, yeah. another one. I got to get them out, man, because they're fun. Mm. Another one. The best one was by Crazy Marine Guy. I'm always telling you about Sean. Sean, I miss you so much, man. If you ever listen to this. Like, please just drop a line, man. But it's my buddy who was in the Marines, fought in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And he was always crazy, man. Like, he was always a bit of a troublemaker. And he did the smartest thing I could ever think of for a senior prank. So the school he we went to is a school called Sycamore. And Sycamore mm. was ever expanding because it was in a really nice area of town. So more people mm. kept moving there and they got bigger and bigger and bigger. So they had to take their library and they had to put it in like this movable classroom because they just mm. didn't have enough room in the school anymore for all the books. Mm. So Sean took his new F-150, you know, truck. Mm. <laughs> he did put the hitch on and he moved the... <laughs> I can't even say it straight. He moved the, the library across the parking lot. So he basically detached it from the school and put it on the other side of the parking lot and left it there. And it just was funny. It just looked stupid. It looks so stupid. But it was, uh, that's senior prank. It's all yeah. about like getting back at your teachers for four years of misery. You know again, I mean? again, dude, like I, I, I like that element because then in the story, right, she uses the the homemade slip and slide on the ramp for example uh to like you know catch one of the the, the you know the the shooters she also uses like a room like the teacher's lounge full of balloons that was set up like right at the beginning you know and and a lot of people uh like 
kind of ignore her pleas to like get out and like she pulls and that's what i mean so so if like like if we're going for the target audience for this which is probably somewhere between like 18 and and 30 or too violent right yeah, yeah but you know, yeah, okay, like sixteen-year-olds yeah. sneaking in, sixteen-year-olds mm-hmm. to like thirty-five-year-olds, mm-hmm. you know, going to see this. Like, that's what I like. They're going to relate to that. They're going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. I remember seeing your prank day, mm-hmm. and I remember this, and I remember that. And the only thing I would have thrown in to fix it a little bit, again, yeah. I would have made them less those types of misfits because I don't think that's fair. Mm-hmm. The sexuality comment wasn't necessary. Yeah, and I do feel like it is a Schneider mark, especially in a world we live in where sexuality is is a, is is a funny issue it's just, like yeah it's it it feels like one of those moments where you know you if, if you're not supposed to make it. if you're not supposed to make villains gay anymore because i do realize they used to do that and i do think it's horrible it was one of the things until right. someone pointed out to me i hadn't noticed it and now it was like oh my god skeletor mm. this guy this guy this guy oh my god they're all gay and it's like yeah, that's yeah. so mean yeah, you know what stupid. i mean why would you do yeah. that yeah. So, do you know what I mean? Like, don't do that with other types of sexuality, too. There's no incest going on, all right? Like, because people are incestuous doesn't mean they're going to pick up arms and shoot people. Incest isn't cool anyway. You know what I mean? Like, right. but Jesus, like, don't don't always put those kids that way yeah. because there is a whole contingent of people that are going to watch this right. and going to be those kids and be like, that's not fair. Right. What I would have done more on that end is I would have made that slightly more realistic. So... Mm. You know, these happen in, in Texas as well, I'm sure. But in the Midwest, mm. these things happen because of Oxycontin, Phenetol. Mm, like right, drugs right, that right, control the, stuff, control yeah, yeah. everyone because they're right. poor. And this is what you did when you were poor. Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, always yeah. A, a poor white trash situation. Mm. And so it's like, I would have gone farther down that route to explore that. And maybe explain why it's not poor white trash. Why these... Mm issues affect those communities so badly mm-hmm. and why then they turn to shootings at school or other stupid things to like alleviate the shitholes they live in you know what i mean like yeah. it's bad man where i come from there are yeah, really yeah, yeah. depressed and deprived areas poverty, yeah. poverty. Yeah. because why because the factory moved out you know 10 years ago and no one's put a factory back in town since then so absolutely it's a real issue and that's why i was like you know it, it, that could have been done a bit better. Again, it's an action movie though, so and it's a fright fest action movie, so it's like, yeah. well, they got you the script of, from you, point- you forgive you forgive stuff, right? Like, you know, again, like character flaws or, or writing holes, you know, you yeah, you, you're more forgiving of a festival film. The, the the thesis question for me was, does this present a better argument to a, an impressionable person watching it? So let's say the 14-year-old does sneak this video, mm. you know, and watches it instead. Does it tell that individual, any individual that watches at that age, that it is better Mm -hmm. for them to take up arms and fight back at a school rather than not? Any more, and I, I, hold on, I'm not done yet, any more than Die Hard does. Right. Yes. No. And the answer was no. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect thesis uh, statement. It's Um, not perfect. It's not perfect because obviously... Die Hard never happened. No one ever took over a hotel building, and that that didn't happen that way, or or the, the but food tower or whatever it was. Te- like like you know, there have been hostage situations. You know, um, like I'm I'm sure somebody could could find a situation where somebody you know, uh, you know, a security well, guard I mean, or something. I mean, you know? not wanting to stir the pot too much, but part of the reason the bridge incident that occurred, supposedly at least, and this was reported by the news, so I'm not making this up, like. Part of the reason that, that the London Bridge incident got resolved was because you had some wannabe yeah, heroes. Yeah. And they were convicts. If I remember correctly, yeah. the whole point that was interesting is one these of were, them, yeah, one of them might have might have been in jail or something and one was a, and that's right. One was a convict and one was just one was just brave, you know? Yeah. yeah but yeah. 
he, you he know, ran up with like a, uh, a skateboard or something. And they save lives. You know, they both save lives doing that. I mean, so, it's it's that question, isn't it? Again, like if I were in that situation, I would I would like to think that I would want to try and help people. You know, and that's also one of the reasons why I totally bought the 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 main character Zoe. And, and see, I was being completely honest with you. Like I've always said myself as being the husband from Twenty Eight Weeks Later. <laughs> okay. Honestly, and then and then like okay, so the husband and twenty eight weeks later, it's like the opening yeah. scene. The zombies are coming from the house. His like his like his wife and kid get locked in the house, or his wife mm. gets locked in uh, locked in a house with yeah. the zombies, and he just runs. He runs like the <laughs> fucking wind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, zombies are know. coming for him, and he's like, "I'm out of here." And he just runs. <laughs> I mean, in that situation, I might also be like, fuck that. So shit. here we had, again, the love interest. That was me. The whole, like, I'll help to the extent I don't have a gun pointed at my forehead. And yes, I would probably be the guy with the most likes on, on Facebook. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I'll definitely be there with your fucking phone. But I'm not shooting shit. I don't know how to operate a gun like that. Like, somebody come and save me, damn it. You so know I what I mean? the cameraman, like, you know, survived. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's the only thing that I really cared about that the cameraman survived. <laughs> so, well, on that lovely note, folks, I mean, we're up to an hour and a half, and I think we have talked you through the vast majority of our feelings on this film. We would encourage you to go out and watch it. Controversial Definitely. films are sometimes the best one to watch, so if, you can if, form your if, own opinion. If it's if it's something that again, if if it's you know beyond the pale with the stuff that we've kind of primed you with, or that that you might come across then, you know, skip it. But um, otherwise, I would recommend it to most of my friends. That's right. Please, you know, in, in America, in, in U.S. securities claims litigation, is called the three hurdles. I have put the three hurdles for you here. First, if this offends you, controversial because of what happened at Sinistate, either the sexual abuse or the other allegations, don't watch it. You know what I mean? Like, don't get yourself upset. It's not going to make you feel any better yeah. about Sinistate, okay? That won't. So no worries there. Two, if the idea of a gun shooting, you know what I mean, is yeah. is something you know that you just find to be in completely poor taste, you know what I mean. mean? And it, you don't it, wanna... it can trigger people, you know. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. So that's the second hurdle. And that was about midway through the show. Final hurdle is at the end of the show. Here we're bringing it up again. I would suggest everyone watch this. But if after listening to this podcast to see if you were going one way or the other with it, and you just didn't like the comments, you're like, I don't think I agree with that. Trust me, don't waste your time on the film. Don't worry about it. You know, everybody's entitled to have their own beliefs and their own thoughts and stuff. And that's why I wanted to run this because I was like, well, not because I think I needed a voice, but because I think you guys need a voice too. And it's like, it's one of those things. If it upsets you, then don't watch it. Please don't watch no. it because it's not worth your time on yeah. it. There are so many better things out there. It's just a film. Skip it. There's lots but if of you like, if stuff. you like Die Hard and you can come up with the premise, you like, you know, you can handle the premise, then this is definitely a film for you. Yeah. Very Amen. cool. Amen. All right, well, that's all for me today. Be sure to check out all of our stuff. Be and sure to for share. me. That's right. Well, I was going to give you like the last word, Eddie. But I'll, I'll, you, you can <laughs> no, say no. it now if you want. So, yeah, uh, just... Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Please remember, all social media, we do need shares, likes, subscribes, all that stuff. Yes. Keeps the engine running on LVP Studios, baby. So, please, you know, we have social media on Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook, LinkedIn. The website is the coolest thing to go to, www.lovevictoriaproductions.com. That's really, you can click on anything there and you'll see cool stuff. So just mm. please, please go visit it. Um, drop us comments in the comment section. We are happy to continue the debate further with this. And we're happy to just to listen, to be honest with you. Like, we're not trying yeah. to start a fight with anybody, to be honest. Absolutely. We just would love to hear further commentary on what you thought of the film and, mm -hmm. and kind of what your feelings about everything that we talked about on this We're open to respectful on. dialogue, aren't we? Yeah, respect or disrespectful. If you really want to troll my page, like I'm just going to ignore you after a while, but because I'll, I'll just ignore you and end up posting something else. That, that's what happens with trolls. So. Uh, yeah, but uh, keep an eye out for the one shot, uh, which we, uh, which we, which we uh, will be releasing. I don't know soon, uh, but it was a hell of a lot of fun, and um, I can't wait for people to see it. Yes, and, and I guess final parting words for me before we say bye-bye. You know, thanks to Ian, Alan, and the rest, all of you wonderful guys. Sorry, Paul, mm, forgot you as well. Yeah. So, you know, thank you guys for keeping it going. I'm so missing you, and I know in, in August, hopefully when we can all get together, yeah. this will be, you know, a really good recollection of, 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 you know, the hard work you guys have put in while we've all been stuck in our houses. So thank you so much for that. Amen. Good. Well said. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time. We're supposed to be having Sophie Mensa next week with not After Earth, but Another, Another Earth. Another Earth, yes. Which um, we're still waiting for confirmation on Sophie on that one. So if not, we'll have it a couple weeks down the line. But mm -hmm. um, we'll catch you then, and bye-bye. Bye. The Eastern world, it is exploding. Violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. Don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies flowing, but you tell me.